Lord, for a place like Kingdom Life Ministries, a place that is a true dressing room so a bride can totally be washed and set in place so she can go out these doors and help Savannah grow into what you have called it to be. Lord, I thank you for each and every person that is sitting here, for they have truly loved God and they truly believe in the Jesus and they truly are called to make a difference out in the world here in Savannah. So I, and beyond the limits of Savannah. So Lord, I thank you for each and every person who is truly a disciple of Jesus Christ, wanting to grow and to learn more and allowing themselves to be changed in eternity, one word at a time. Lord, we thank you for the New Testament garden, which is the development of the soul that Jesus came to sanctify us so that we can actually walk and change the atmosphere. So Lord, tonight's lesson we just invite the Holy Spirit so people can understand and hear and see what your word means. Lord, we thank you for the knowledge of Jesus Christ and for the understanding that you will put forth. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. I love Gene's lesson last week I, because he talked about walking with God. Does everybody remember that? Is there, was everybody here last Thursday? And, huh? You weren't here. Gene did a really good lesson, and it was about walking with God. And it was important about knowing that the kingdom of heaven versus the kingdom of God is that the kingdom of God has already come, and it is in us. But the kingdom of God is the power of the kingdom of heaven in us waiting to be used. Well, how can we experience it? We have to bring heaven on earth. How do we do that? With his presence. And so this ministry, you can turn the volume down just a little bit. This ministry is a place where we really cultivate his, we cultivate a relationship up the third heaven. And when we bring it a little higher, that's good. And when we start stirring the spirit, the Holy Spirit within us, it meets the spirit that's in the heavens and it just moves out the dark place. It just opens it up and it comes so we can grow and be disciples of Christ. I like that. So the Lord kind of gave me a, a short lesson, but it's a cute lesson, meaning, and I say cute, because it's so simple, but yet I remembered in the beginning when I was first growing and following the Lord Jesus, that sometimes I really didn't understand about the law. You know what I mean? We hear the law, the law, the law. We hear, an old, ooh, law bad, because spirit good, right? <laughs> okay. So I kind of wanted to break some scripture down, and this is called walking with God according to the spirit. So one of the things we talked about is walking blameless. The moment you step before him, you walk blameless because you're making the effort to be before him. When we make an effort to worship him, spend time in his word, you know, the angels start surrounding you and protecting you. But guess what? The enemy sees it too. So your phone starts ringing. Then what happens? Somebody needs you at this. And, you know, I mean, you got to text this person right back. I mean, come on. Communication has gotten so high up there. Come on, remember the days, I know in here, everybody's a good age, right? We didn't have a phone, but the phone that sat at the one place in the house, right? And if you had to go, hey, that's how he got Anika to call him. You knew that was the Holy Spirit. Now, this is so awesome. The Holy Spirit said to him, he was ministering, and he was sitting in a church, and it says, Anika, a girl he tried to date in college. Years ago, the Holy Spirit said, she's going to be calling you in 10 minutes. Go to the rectory phone. So he went to the rectory phone. And when he went to the rectory phone, he just waited. Did, am I imitating you right? 
you crossed your arms. And the phone rang and it was Anika. Right. And he said, right. He said, hello, Anika. And I'm, I'm hearing this story. I was like, you know, you're walking with the spirit, you know, when you can say back in the time, come on, do you see how the enemy has had so much confusion? The increase of knowledge to even make communication be greater has prevented and put a buffer on people really sensing the spirit in things. See, when we have less things around us, we're dependent more on the spirit but when everything's right there, so when we want to spend time with God, and we've already been trained to check our phone every millisecond, you know what I mean? I mean, no kidding. When I broke my ankle, I got on Rachel's Facebook. Every day, every in the morning, in the afternoon, I was sitting there doing nothing after I read the word, worshiped. I'm used to going to work. I would get on that Facebook. And you know what? I started feeling horrible about it. It didn't even feel good. I'd worship God. And then I'd be like, oh, Rachel, I know everything that's going on. <laughs> but Rachel started laughing at me. Mom, you are really getting into Facebook. I was like, she says, just get your own. I was like, no, I don't need to have that. But anyway, what I'm saying is the more the communication increases, you know, it's hard to know if you're walking with God according to the spirit. We can think that we get a text or we get a call. Hey, come on. How about all the ads you get on your emails? Buy this, do this. Hey, come on. How about the countries that say, hey, I want to give you a million dollars? How many people got those emails? Now, I'm telling you, there are some people that have to be able to learn. You have to learn to discern the things of God, discern the things of the Spirit. And you have to, the Bible says we should know a simple thing about Satan. The Word doesn't say that we're supposed to dig ourselves into darkness so we can know it so well so we can combat it. He wants us to spend time in him and know the things about this, the, the dark spirit, but don't get yourself too involved in it. Because when you start becoming an expert of that, you become that, right? You actually become it. And so if you can start off with, we're going to put the scripture. I want to start with this off because this is so simple, but this will help you. With, I mean, this will help you, but it will help you help somebody else understand this. Put Romans 8.1. And we only have a few scriptures, but they're very, the Lord really had this on my heart because I remember it was the one thing I had a hard time really understanding walking in the spirit when in the Bible, there is the spirit lowercase s. And then there is the spirit capital S. Have everybody seen the difference? Okay. Well, spirit lowercase means your human spirit. Okay. That's that spirit right there. Even the lost man has a spirit. But then when Christ comes into your heart and you accept him, now you've just made a regenerated Holy Spirit, has met your spirit. And now when you see spirit, that is, that is showing the dominance of the regenerated spirit. Not that, so I just want you to recognize that. It says there is therefore now, now, we live in a now day. We don't live in a past, we live now. Now, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the what? Spirit. What kind of S? Big S, right. We're not to walk according to our lowercase spirit. We are to walk to our, the Holy Spirit. Hey, when your spirit meets Christ and, become, and the Holy Spirit dwells in you, it just became a big S. You get it? Okay, because it's talking about, 
according to the spirit that's dwelling in you. Okay, so I love this verse because if you are walking out your destiny, I don't care where you are on that chart, but even if you're just in the born again, there is no condemnation. But you see how much darkness is around that little spirit? That's how much condemnation you're still dealing with in your soul. So every time Christ grows more and more in you, guess what gets pushed out? Because it's not even real. He just wants to work with you. The Holy Spirit there is to rot out, and that's to push out, redesign, take out the dross of the silver, to take out the things that can't be touched by the gold. So it's awesome how that works. The next, okay, so, so those that are in Christ Jesus, if you're lost, you have the little lowercase spirit. With, and there's no light in that spirit. That spirit has energy, but it has no light. There's no light in it. And nothing can be changed in that man. Only the spirit of a born-again man, a man working out their salvation, somebody on the bottom row, somebody on the, the middle row, can. their spirit is going to be used to draw that void spirit. So keep in mind, who do not walk according to what? One. The flesh, that means the darkness, the things that are that you want to do. You have flesh in your soul, okay? Your body is a physical representation of what? Flesh that can be tempted, lust of the eye, lust of flesh. Go to the next verse, please, verse 2. But we are going to walk according to the Spirit. Walk to the Spirit. It says, for the law of the Spirit, this is what I want to hit, the law of of the spirit of what? Life. In Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Okay, this is what I want to hit. The moment you accept Christ in your heart, right there, the fullness of the power of the spirit is in you. But you have to grow into that place of knowing that you do not have any guilt and condemnation. You have to grow up into that place. Because it says we have been made free from the law of sin and death. So that means even though there's darkness still in the flesh and in the soul that's connected to the sin, the residue of the law of sin and death, you still have the fullness already in you. You just have to now grow up in him. You have to exercise that spirit. We have to stir the spirit. Okay, but this is what I want to get. That's the old way. The old way is the spirit of sin and death. The new way is the the spirit of what? Life and peace. Okay, and they are laws for the law. There is a law in place with the spirit. There is a law in the place of sin and death. Okay, you guys get this? But there are three laws. There's the law of sin and death. There is the law of God. And then there is the law of the spirit. What is the law of God? The law of God was established through Moses. Okay? So I think this is neat. We have to know that we were freed from the law of sin and death, but freed from the law of God. Now I'm going to break down the three laws. The law of sin and death, which everybody's born into that because Satan has already been sent that he can control the earth. Through the law of sin and death. You have the law of God. 
and then the law of the spirit. All right. So if we are walking with God, he calls us to walk in the law of the spirit of life and death. And if Christ is in you, it's already defeated the law. Did I say sin and death? You are, if you are walking with God, you are walking in the law of the Holy Spirit if you've accepted Christ in your heart. I'm sorry. I can't believe I just said that. I'm looking at my notes. You are freed from that law of sin and death. That means you don't have to connect with that. All right, now. Freed from the law of sin and death. That is the old nature. That's the lost man. That means his little spirit, the little s, still connects to do things the old way. Connects to lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, pride of life. And the wages of sin is what? Death. So there's a law in place. There is a law in place that as we learn this word, when you read a word, it's telling you what is the law of the spirit of life and what is the law that could happen that's connected to what? Sin and death. So it's clear on what that is. Now, we are not to blame the law for any of our problems. We are to blame sin for our problems. All right, here we go. Law of God. Ready? Law of God. The law of God came when the Israelites could not help themselves anymore in Egypt and they had to move out. And when they moved into the land, God helped Moses create what? God's laws. Okay, I, I do think that people kind of, kind of like, I don't have to listen to those laws anymore. God had Moses write down his laws. His laws were put in place to discipline and protect our sin. Isn't this amazing? When we did not have the choice of accepting Christ in our heart back in the Old Testament, they didn't have Christ did not dwell in you. Okay, but the Spirit was always there. God was always in their midst. So he created his law, which reflected his righteous, moralistic ways. So it is holy. When we go in here and we read Deuteronomy, we read Leviticus, we read um, Exodus, and we read everything about the laws, they have not changed. They are considered what? Holy. Holy. So they, God put that in place so that our sin could be measured. He didn't do it to set us up. He just put it in place because it reflected the, his righteousness, our moral righteous position. But the only thing it could not do is it could not deliver us. See, God's law, put his, he put his moralistic laws in place so that we could, so that we, our sin could be what? Disciplined. Get this, laws are in place to protect us, right? If we're driving down a street and you got to go 35 miles an hour, that law is in place to do what? To protect. So I want you to think about this. God placed the law of God and his moralistic order and understandings in the law to protect. We as men have taken some of those laws and we've made other laws out of those laws. Do you know what I mean? Almost enforcing measures of sin. So I want you to kind of get this. 
We are being protected from our own sin that we were born in. And you know, you ever hear how God preserves you for a time? Have you ever heard God preserves you for a certain time? Well, there's a time that God makes us aware of Christ in us. Because we're, we're in today that's a what? A now day. And that is the law of the Spirit, which is the new way. See, the law of God is in place so that our sin can, can be identified. I, mi I ministered to a very nice person not too long ago. And this person's great person, everything awesome, right? Living life, you know, and then really got into drugs and just could not. When you get addicted to drugs, you can't what? It's tough to break it, right? Well, the person got arrested. And this person was so thankful they got arrested. You know why they were so thankful they got arrested? Because it protected her. It protected her. She could not stop the sin cycle she was in. Come on, we've all been there. Whether it's materialism, shopping when you shouldn't be shopping, whether it's a relationship, whether it's rebellion. I can think of a list of things that we can get ourselves in. Biting nails, right? But hey, what I'm saying is there's patterns and things that we do that are not healthy. And God doesn't, he wants us, our heart, to be so one with him that the spirit that's in us is going to bring us what? Life and peace. Life and peace. So, but the law of God was never meant to be ignored. It's in place to protect us, and it's in place to discipline us so that when we accept Christ in our heart, we still have those laws in place. You're not supposed to turn away from those things. You still got some growing up to do because the power of sin, the law of God, when it was structured through Moses, could not break the power of sin. Only with the law of the Spirit has the power to change us. We can live in this power of the Holy Spirit because it breaks the dominion of the old law. What's the old law? Right, the law of sin and death. We are all born in to the law of sin and death. We grow up learning the rules, right? We, we, we grow up learning the law of God. We haven't accepted Christ yet, but when we accept Christ, boom, you're now not ruled. We got to get that mindset. I don't have to sin because Christ is in me. Uh, there is no guilt and condemnation. Now I just have to identify what is the sin I'm in and I can give it to Jesus and what's he going to do? Right. The spirit, the law of the spirit of life and peace. Boom. It's going to start working you. Anybody who's come in here, anybody who's come in here, that means there's something out there that you connected to that he needed to change you in here. Come on. It's not just moralistic laws. Sometimes we've got some sin in our thoughts. You know what I mean? And our behaviors of what we were taught. And sometimes that's a tough thing. We can live in the power of the Holy Spirit because it breaks the dominion of the old law of sin and death. Satan, I love this. Satan sells us. Because he already knows the day we're born into the earth. We have to accept Christ in our heart. You know what I mean? So when we're born, he or Satan is prepared to sell us to sin. 
Why? Look at our phones. Just like we were talking. Do you know what I mean? When we lived in an environment, you didn't have to run and be on your phone all the time. Come on, how many people had to beg their parents to talk on the phone? Mommy, mommy. Even when you're 16 and you want to drive the car for the first time, you are begging your parents to give you the keys, right? Okay? But the whole time, parents were put in place like the law of God to protect and to discipline. I thank God for the law of God. I thank God that he brought the law in so because the real law that we don't have to follow is the law of sin and death. It's in the word. When it says that we are freed from the law of sin and death, then that means what? That's the law we were born into. People confuse it and think it's the law of God that Moses, when he put into the day. Do you know this is so awesome? That as time went on and time grew, but God was waiting for the right time I love it, to set his God's laws in place. He set it for the right time, right when he could pull his remnant out of Egypt, right? Pull him close to himself in the wilderness. Now he said, now I can do what? Teach you. They didn't have all the comforts of Egypt, did they? So that means they didn't have their cell phones. Do you know what I mean? They weren't working as slaves. They actually had time to hear God, to fellowship with God, Moses told them many times, well, what do you need? We need water. They got what? Water. If they needed food, he said, hold on. Food's going to come out of the sky. Do you know what I mean? And it came. He was showing us that when we walk according to the spirit of life and peace, it hasn't changed. We still get the water when we want the water. We still get the food when we want the food. But you can't mix the law of spirit of life and death and the law of, I, I, I keep saying it wrong. You can't mix the spirit, the law of the spirit of life and peace and the law and the spirit of sin and death. You can't mix it. You got to already know because we live in the now time where after Jesus came, which, you know, there was 400 years of silence where God spoke to nobody. You know what happened in that silence? denominations got created. What happened to that silence? All these other laws got enhanced, accentuated. And then we got into Pharisees were true Pharisees because they created their own understanding of the things that were already in place. And they just created their own, created their own. And Jesus came in the the fullness of time so he could set the proper mode for us to receive the Holy Spirit. And now we can walk. The lawmaker is already in you. We don't have to say yes to any sin. The moment we know that, that is a tool we've got to use. The young people need to know that. You don't have to think hard. You just have to say, Jesus, I need your help. Boom. That sin will stop right there. The moment you say, Jesus, I need your help. In Jesus' name, I need you. Do you know that we get young people to learn that? That they're born into a law system. And it says, if you partake of the law of sin and death, the wages of that sin is what? Death. It makes it really clear. But yet we blame. We we say, oh, the Old Testament law. We don't got to follow that. But we got to look into the book from the beginning to the end makes sense. It's very clear. But I, I'm sticking up for the law of God here because 
I think that people get it confused. There are three sets of laws. Satan's law, God's law, and the law of the spirit that works with God's law. Because he tells us in his word that there is no law against the fruits of the spirit. You all know that. Put that up. Put up Galatians. I'm pretty sure it's 5, 22, 26. But I don't know if that's where it says the law. It might be 5, 18. Oh, I have it right here. Hold on. I'll tell you in a second. It says right here. Oh, no. Give me 18. 5, 18. 5, 18. Praise the Lord. We feel restful today. When Jesus came, all those he became the final sac the final sacrifice. Yes, right. I'm talking about all the laws he put in place, right? And then he showed them how to sacrifice when they did wrong in those laws. But when Jesus came, he became the final sacrifice. And those laws, we still have to abide in those laws. But I don't have to go and kill a bunch of lambs and and come to the altar and ask for forgiveness of those laws. Christ in me already has forgiven me. There is, there, is no, there is no condemnation or guilt, and nor do I have to, I don't have to say, hey, forgive me, here's a $500 fine. You know what I mean? Like, because animals were fines to them. They were like a fine. That's where they made their money. Yeah, we would be, right. Yeah. Hey, talk about being really broke. We would be really broke. If we had to pay a fine, if we had to pay a fine for everything we've done, hey, People have done that. They've had little jars on their desk. Every time I say a swear word, I put it exactly right. Okay. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're saying I'm going to punish myself by putting a quarter in then, but I don't have to change from the law of sin and death. Wow. Right. I just pay. Right. Right. Jesus came to stop the payment system on it because he was the payment. Right. But it says, if you are led, that, but that is a good question. That, that was a good question. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the what? Law. What law are they talking about? I'm telling you, I think, I think the law of sin and death. I think people think it means the law of God. I think people think like, well, if I have love and I have joy and I have peace and I'm kind and I don't have to do the, I'm already, I'm, a, I'm broken off that law of the law of the, the more, remember God's law, I'll read it again reflects he put it in place to reflect righteous morality that means he needed to set some rules straight because we're born into the law of sin and death so god set his law in place through moses so we could know how to follow instructions see i love this i really messed up on this i come in here i start working for gene and it's definitely a different place right and he gives me his credit card I was like, hold it. Ooh, this guy's giving me his credit card, okay? And he said, now I want you to go buy these picture frames. And I was like, buy picture frames? Okay, great. Where do you want them? They're Ikea, whatever. Well, these are really expensive frames. I mean, these are really expensive. Like, I think I would for the frames he wanted, I would have spent almost $2,000 what he wanted. Well, I looked through the office. I found other frames. So I did not buy the frames. I figured, oh, he can reuse what he's already got, right? We go to lunch. I'm happy, you know? I'm not even thinking about the frames. And we're sitting down, and we're ordering our food. And Jean goes, hey, did you order those frames? I'm like, no, better than that. I said, better than that. I said, I found frames in the office. We'll just use that. And then all of a sudden, as I said that, I felt like the whole world in the restaurant changed. 
I was like, right. and I'm looking at you. I'm starting to feel uncomfortable. He's not looking any different, but what was working in me? The Holy Spirit, right? Because I, I'm born again, saved. I mean, I'm still in that first row at that moment. Like, you know, I'm not anywhere off the first row. And I'm like, I felt like I did something wrong. And I did. Gene said, he said, Lee, if I give you my card and I ask you to buy, even if it's already in the office, I need you to follow that instruction. And I was like, but I saved you money? I mean, like, <laughs> but it's not about money. See, that's what I love. It's not about money. And then I was learning, oh, my gosh, I was really in, I was really trying to convince him what I thought was right, but that's not what I was asked to do. You know what I mean? Trying to pat myself on the back. And the whole time, I'm thinking about the, sac the money, right? Okay, but I learned really quickly that why did God place the law of God in place? To help us learn how to follow instructions. I mean, it's so awesome. It truly it reflects the righteousness he wanted us to abide in, which was to learn how to follow instructions. I thank God for his order because he didn't make it that we all just come out of the womb and Christ is in us. He makes it where we have to really accept him and receive him in our heart. And you know, when grace abounds, it's because we have found ourselves stuck in the sin. We are, we are paying the wage. We are paying that wage. It's like the glass on the desk is like way too full of quarters. And you got passed by so easy with saying the curse word, right? That you got fired because you said it in the middle of the job. And it, you may have saved up yourself so much money, but it didn't, it didn't deliver you from the problem. But yet you still were not supposed to curse and work. So the person still gets what? Fired. And all that meant nothing. All that meant nothing. So sometimes we blame laws that were in place in the Old Testament when God set them so we could know his grace and that we would receive him. So we could live in the spirit according to the spirit of peace. And um, thank you, mom. Thank you, mom. Spirit of faith, right, right. But, sin, but Satan sells us to sin. He hit that void in our nature. He knows to hit the void in our nature. He watches. Jesus became flesh to condemn sin. Okay, this is so deep. I was thinking about this this morning. I was really praying about this. This, was, this is so deep. Jesus actually came from his place. I know you know this, but try to, try to visualize this. And he has to actually come into a physical, fleshly body. That fleshly body that he was chosen to come into, that body, he was born into the earth in what? With the spirit of what? Sin and death. Okay. So he had to actually grow up. I love it in the word where it says, nothing was written about Jesus until a certain age. <laughs> he actually had to still grow up. In a body that already carried every generational sin. I remember when I got that revelation. You start looking down his generational line. There's a lot of sinning going on in there. There is a lot of adultery, fornication, sexual immorality. Everything's in there. And he had to actually come into that physical body. Our physical body naturally yields to sin and death. Because that's the environment we're born. Our, this, this is corruptible. It is not incorruptible. It is corruptible. So his flesh was full of the sin nature, but he was not sin. 
okay? Not by his behavior, but by the generational curses in the family lineage. It's not because Jesus was born out and then he just started doing drugs. You get what I'm saying? Meaning he was actually born in a body that held all sin. Any sin, any disease, any line was already in his body. Now, if you go through and you look at Matthew and you capture the lineage of Jesus Christ, come on, there is worship, pagan worship. There is every, every illness, every sin, you can go through the word and connect it into his lineage. So that's why when I got that, We've heard this before. Jesus came in the flesh to do what? Condemn sin. Well, what do you mean? He actually had to possess the body that carried every sin. That, so he could be tempted. He could be drawn. He could be everything that happens to us. He really is the first fruit because he actually had to live in relationship with the Father and the Holy Spirit so he could get through his life here. You know what I mean? We're doing the same thing. He was the first fruit. We're the I don't know how many already are racked up in heaven on it, but we're in that count. Not by his behavior. See, there was nothing written about his behavior growing up. If he got a bad grade or he messed up on something, you know what I mean? It was about the generational curse in his family living. Every sin was manifested before he came. Then, I love this, when every sin was manifested, this is so deep, boom, there was a time of silence. 400 years before Jesus even came into the body that was full of sin. In that 400 years of silence, where they could not hear the word of God, everything manifested to its height. Everything manifested to it the, the height. And Jesus came now to condemn sin because it hit the highest measure of it. People weren't worshiping God. People were not yielding to God. But God's law was still there. Doing what? Protecting those who were just. What was the law there to? To discipline. So I love it. We are so blessed. We cannot be upset with our children. We've got to be so happy that they've got to raise up and get the same awareness we did. As much as we want to slap it into them. Right? As much as we want to say, get it right. They got to walk this out too. They have, but it says what you sow into your children, it's going to come back to their remembrance. Do you know what I mean? Because they are in your what? Lineage. What you cancel out in your family, they're going to receive that because you each are, we're each born into a body. This body carries a generational sin nature that I didn't choose. But God says, okay, I'm going to send you down there. And now as you grow up, as I grow up, I have to make what? Choices. One of the most pinnacle choices we would make is when we accept Christ in our heart. Because now the moment we do that, we are freed. That means there's every sin that came in your bodysuit, you have the ability to kill it. I really want you to think about that. Your mother, your father, whatever things you know, you already have the ability to be done with it. Because the moment you accept Christ in your heart, what does the word say? You are freed but we don't know we're free. Kind of get it? We still think we want to impress people by following the law of God, which we want to follow the law of God. But now when Christ is in your heart, that law of God is written in your heart. And the Holy Spirit now disciplines you. 
Come on, don't you love it when the Holy Spirit disciplines us? I like it. I know it right away. I can just start burning up, and I'm, I can tell I'm going towards the wrong way. But I love that because he gave us the check. He gave us a little check to know. If you're about to tell a lie, you cannot tell a lie and be in Christ. Because you'll know you're telling it, and then you kill yourself later. You know what I mean? And then you're like asking for forgiveness, right? Give me Romans 7.1. We're going to go through a series. Is this good? I used to get so confused about law this, law that. law. Well, there's only three laws. It says laws. Law of sin and death, law of God, law of life and peace. Law and life and peace is always going to follow the law of God. But yet it's an internal system. I don't need a police policing me. The police, li he lives in me. So I can be changed and know that there is a time when sin becomes aware. That means it's time for it to what? Die. It is time for it to die. If I hear, I love this, and you've heard me say this before, I gave birth to Rachel. All I kept on hearing is, Rachel's going to be a diabetic. Rachel's going to be a diabetic because diabetes were on the father's father's side. All the women died early. We're talking the grandmother, sisters, none of them are alive because they said diabetes was so strong in their family. And so they were like, Rachel needs to be tested. Rachel needs to be this. I didn't even know. I was, I remember I was like, she will not, I said it so strongly. She does not have diabetes. I'm not having, like, there's a force. And I was, I believed in Christ, but I wasn't where I'm at now. But God, my, the spirit with the big S was speaking through me. Because Rachel's never had that kind of problem. And she looks just like her dad. You can see me and her, but she's got her dad's attributes. She's got the same blood type. She, you know what I'm saying? I could sit there and say, oh, I'm going to be so worried. I'm gonna, but yet, if it was already, if I believe in Christ, and even though what was in me was so what? Small. But if I know the fullness of the power, then the moment I'm faced with it, it's what? A done deal. We hold on to our sicknesses. We hold on to the sins. Because we think it's just okay for us to have it. That's why I love when I meet somebody with high blood pressure. They get near me. I'm just like, hey, if God, if you are ready to let that go, you can let that go. And you're going to feel like you're, it, there's a word in my, the healing scriptures I give out. And it says, and you will not die. But the moment you disagree with that sin and death cycle, it's going to feel like you're going to what? Oh, Kim was one of them. Kim, had, what did you take? It was an anxiety thing high blood pressure oh but she broke two she broke two but I remember you said you felt oh I didn't know about the sleeping pills but wait give this testimony really quick about remember how you thought you were going to die it was really um it was pretty intense and I after learning that you're not supposed to be on medication and it's not God's word and it's not what what his plan is for you um, I'd come from a super stressful job up in Philadelphia and it was just hit a pinnacle. So when I moved down here, I still was feeling the stress and, but I know that I wasn't in the same job situation. So why am I still feeling the blood? I, you could feel it in my neck. I could feel my neck pulsating. And I remember talking to brother Mac and saying to him, well, how he was talking about, will you just give it, basically give it up to God and, and believe on it. And he said it so simply, because he said he got off of blood pressure. I, he was, I guess he was on it. And he said he got off of it like that. And, but it's, he's saying, believe in it and don't go down that path. And know every time you're feeling that way, that it's not God's 
way for you. So um, I made the decision, and, and that's the hardest part because every and I happened You're to yes, and I right after I did it, I had an appointment for the for the first appointment with the doctor down here. And what medications were you on? Well, I'm off everything now. You can't just get off of blood pressure medicine, and, and he was very he he was very strong in saying, "Listen, you can really hurt yourself. This is not good. You can do damage to your heart, but 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 all the bad things, everything bad that can happen." Which really the fear started building back up. I got out of that appointment, and I could feel everything coming up like a vice grip. And I I remember Gene one time said, "If you just scream out Jesus's name three three times, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus." And it would immediately go down. The peace just came upon me. In fact, I just felt it right now because of speaking in public. So <laughs> literally, it just calmed me down. But it was a process. It, it, didn't, it kept going on. It kept it trying to attack me. And, and now I look back and I realize Satan knew exactly where to get me. And I kept every time it filled up, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus before going into my next appointment, because he said, I'll make a deal with you. If your blood pressure is continually high, I'm, we're going to have to put you back on. So the next time I'm like, Jesus, this is your word. You better make sure my blood pressure is calm. I'm trying to be so calm. I didn't want to stand up. <laughs> but, you know, it, yeah, I was having my own blood pressure down through Jesus. But, um, but it really, it works, is what I'm saying. It works, yeah. I haven't had, I haven't had, any drugs since i i well i do aspirin occasionally but yeah but mm -hmm. yeah no yeah. no yeah. praise god i remember the one time when i went to her house and she got off the anxiety she i said oh just flush it down the toilet um maybe i'll just keep one <laughs> i said yeah we're gonna knock that sucker down right okay but that's what i'm trying to say it's if our mind understood how the law works we don't have to hold that. We just have to keep pressing forward. But note, Satan's not going to let go of his grip that easily. That's what she was describing, is that he was gripping her, keeping her, trying to say, I better grab the medicine. See, that's where, that's where walking with God according to the Spirit. See, the Spirit has to enlighten you to want to give something up. Okay? She came in here. She was talking to Brother Mac. It gave her... Like, I'm going to do this. So it doesn't make a difference how she understood or what she is. She just made a commitment. I'm, I'm not going to do this. And she went through, because when you start moving towards God, the Lord showed me, you have to still deal with what you already sowed. So all the time she already sowed the medicine, she had believed that it worked. So now she's going to have to go through a series of process tests, which was not taking the medicine feeling the grip, do you know what I'm saying? Trusting God and walking according to the spirit of the law of and peace. And now she doesn't take any medication. I mean, my father told me one thing. He said one thing, being a funeral director, he's like, Lee, once you start taking one medication, they got you on a second medication. And when they get you on a second, you're on a third. And before you know it, you got your little Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, multiple pills that you take. And he goes, and then I'll be seeing you soon. Because he was the funeral director. And he worked really hard. I know one thing he'd visit a lot of older people would do pre-needs. Like they'd become friends with him and say, well, I'm just going to leave you, take care of everything. But he would go visit some of these ladies, these elderly ladies, and he would help them out. And he would, it would, 
it would upset him when the doctors kept giving him another pill for this or another bill for that. And he did not raise us. We took no medication. We didn't even have health insurance. We never, we did not go to the doctor at all. If you were sick, my dad said, your body will work it out. It's already built that way. So think about it. We, we connect, we shake hands with sin and death because we're born into it. But now if you, if we connect that we, the moment Christ, we accept Christ and we want to walk according to the spirit, then we are freed from it. But that doesn't mean that we're still free from the, you get this, you get what I'm saying? The laws of God are still the laws of God and they have not changed. So we live by that. Romans 7.1. Or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the what? The law. That the law has what? Dominion over a man as long as he lived. Which law? Okay, you guys getting this? Which law has dominion over you? Now remember, if Christ is in your heart, the law of God is already knit in there. You don't need to have to carry the book. You know it. The Holy Spirit's going to work it. But the moment you decide, because we have the spirit of sin and death, that law is all around us. We have the opportunity to shake with it with just our words. Our words shakes hands with it. Okay? So, I love this. Because do you not know which, which law, if Christ is in you, you don't, if you're aware of that sin and death in your life, cut it off. And you already win. You just say Jesus' name. You don't even have to have full understanding. You just have to believe I don't live in that law. So what in my life is still connected to that law? What in my life is still connected to that law? Well, that's what we're learning in spots class. We're learning all the spots and the places and it's awareness to us of we are actually shaking hands with sin and death. Because remember, whatever you sow in sin and death, the wages is what? You are going to reap death. There's going to be death of something so that you can move into what? Life. All right, praise God. Go to the next verse. And we're in Romans. I just want to be in the, the chapter of that because I, I don't know where I ended on it. Very good. All right, Romans 2. It says, for the woman who had, oh, actually, I don't think I want to go there. I don't want to go there. I want to go to verse, give me verse 4, 8 4. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Give me, give me 7 7. 7 7. I'm sorry. It's whatever law you're in agreement with. You get what I'm saying? If you're doing something that you know is outwardly sin, but you still believe in Christ, then who has dominion over you? Satan. But if you say, no, I'm not doing that because I believe in Christ Jesus is in me, and you have to disconnect yourself with that because the law of God has already written it in, it in your heart. Do you guys get this? Okay. All right. I just think it's a good visual. You see how it's working? Like right now, all around me is sin and death. But in me is life and peace. The law of God isn't in my heart. So the Holy Spirit, the moment I start connecting, he's going to tell me I'm going to connect to the wrong law. Do you know what I mean? Why? What are the mechanisms that the Holy Spirit, if you are walking according to the Spirit and not your flesh, you know when the Holy Spirit's knocking on your flesh. 
not to do something. Come on. Even when, even when we are not in this, if Christ is not in our heart, a lost person, there is still something speaking to them to do, to know what not to do. Okay. All right. It says here, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. And now here they're talking about the law of God. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. See, if the law of God never was put in place, we would never even know that there was sin working around us. See, don't you love how God set this in order? We don't come out of the womb with the little book that says, hey, sin and death is all around you. You know what I mean? God had to place a set a law through Moses so that people could learn what sin really was. Because before that, there was no law. There was just people in charge of people. But when God set his law in place, he set it so I would not have known sin except through that there was a law. For I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said, you shall not what? Covet. Isn't that beautiful? So before Christ came, God set the law of God in place so we could know sin. I'm telling you, there isn't one story in the Old Testament where it doesn't show the sin, the action of the sin, the discipline of the sin, and the, out, the consequences of the sin. It's all written in there to what? Protect us. See, we live in a time we're so spoiled. We have the word written. You know, the word came and the word was living and then it became written. <laughs> like it became in a Bible and it, it, was, it was said in Revelations, there would be a book. There would be a book that would show us what we need to know. And it's so awesome. I just think that's awesome. So you shall not covet. Now, when you accept Christ in your heart, that's already in you. So if Christ is in your heart, all you have to do is deny sin because you just have to ask the Holy Spirit. Hey, how about those verses? Holy Spirit, guard my lips so I will not speak anything that is not of God. Lord God, guard my what? Heart. You can invite the Holy Spirit to guard your what? Eyes. Guard your ears. Guard those things that you know that's going to connect you to sin. Lust of the eye. Lust of the flesh. Pride of life. You at Holy Spirit, Lord, when I, when I start getting, you know, prideful, Give me a sign. Bring me down. You know, when you let him know you don't want to be that way, I like it. Like when you say church, I don't want to be the church. Okay, Lord, if I start <laughs> moving like the church, you know, let me know. You know what I mean? Show me the way in which you want me to go. All right, go to the next verse. Oh, go ahead. Well, this is really just something I'll get your clarity. Okay, so recently I was presented with the issue. And whether you tell the truth, how you tell a lie. Oh, I love that. Okay. Yeah. And so, and so, and so, you know, I had, I had some people saying, well, just say this and say that. And say that. I said, no, that's not the truth. I said, that's not the truth. And I said, I'm not going to lie. So, you know, and these, <laughs> these, these were ministers. These was ministers. And I said, no, I'm not going, I'm not going to lie. And so, um, and, and they said, but you understand that this is going to come back on you? This can come back on you? I said, I'm not going to lie. I said, regardless, I'm not going to lie. And then when I left away, I'm going to show you something about uh, um, 
how sometimes God still watches your attitude even when you tell the truth. Because what happened in the process of that was I was riding and I, and I, and I was like, yes, I feel good about not lying. I, you know, I told the truth. And, and, and I was like, and so sometimes we can, we, can, we can expect God to reward us for telling the truth. You can expect God, okay, God, I did good. You know, I did good. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, he said, through you, while you were just talking, he said, okay, so you remember that incident? I said, yes. And then he said, now, if you run the red light, do you expect the city to send you a reward? Uh, uh, if you stop at the red light, do you expect the city to send you a reward? No. So, so you know, you just obey the law because that's the law. And it's a rule to it. So, so, so what is clear to me is the law of sin and death before Jesus came, if you sinned, you died. But, but, but just as you have Jesus, you know, now you have what? What is it? Uh, the, the, law, the, law. the law of God. Yeah, the law of God is already in you. Yeah. yeah so, 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 so that's what I'm saying. And so, so even in the process of that, I had to watch even in telling the truth, that that was that's was that was my reasonable service, and that's what I'm supposed to do. So you don't get no yeah, extra. there is it right. You don't get no extra. right because we're already born to follow that law. It's it's how we're supposed to it's live. Not, it's right. it's, it's, it's not the extra. It's a lifestyle. It's not the blessing. Yes. Right. <laughs> right. I that right. I see where you're going. That is good. You're right. It says, but sin taking opportunity by the commandment produced in me all manner of evil desires. For apart from the law, sin was what? Dead. See, now what I love how you said this, because he had the opportunity to sin, which is to not to tell the truth about something, which that means you would have sowed into. So that means even whatever you thought you would have gained, what was going to still catch up to you? Exactly. Death. Death, Death, because the law can't be broken. That law, that does not change. If you would have taken it knowing, see, this is where I love this. In our ignorance, we're protected. But when we make a choice of which law to follow, so you got placed in the, I like that, you reasoned, you got placed in a choice. And look at this. You know you were in this court yes. because all the trespassers were telling you to do it, do it, do it. And they were like people of value. You valued them because they were pastors telling you to do the wrong thing. See, that's where we're, that's where, see, you got saved today. So you need to be, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit would not let me lie. And regardless of the counsel that I spoke to, I'm going to stick with the truth and I'm going to do the truth because that is the truth. And you know what? We all, come on, we've all been in that position where we're shaking hands with sin and death. Even when we know better. I lived with a man unmarried for six years and I was coming to this ministry and it was like, I asked the Lord if this was my husband. If it is, let's get married. I had begged this person to marry me, marry me, marry me. Well, it didn't happen. And, but yet I... I found out other things and I made him live on the other end of the house, which not like it was my, his room was next to mine. I, it was a big house. We just saw it. She, you, I put him on the other wing, you know what I mean? Away. Right. And I was just like, okay, Lord, because the Lord told me not to kick him out that you committed to him. And so he would take it. Well, 
So much time went by. But here, I, I had shaken hand with what? Sin and death. Living with a man unmarried, playing like we were married, keeping it all in. But it wasn't real. I lived the lie. Well, when he was living on the other end of the house, Gene came into my office. I, I, we had not partnered yet. We just started working together. He's like, I don't get it. The Lord showed me this man is not your husband. So why isn't he out of your house? You know what I mean? I said, I don't know. How do you get somebody to leave that's been there for six, seven years, and they think it's going to work out, you know? And I was like, I'm just giving it to God. And he goes, yeah, there's something not right on this. So he prayed. He came back a week later, and he said, I prayed. And the Lord told me it has to do with Rachel. And I was like, what do you mean it has to do with Rachel? He said, you've allowed him to be a father in her life. You've given him authority over her. And the Lord showed me that that was your heart, as you wanted her to have a good dad. Like that did, she had a good dad, but a dad that really did things, some things with her. So he said that, and God has honored that relationship. That relationship's good and pure. He said, so it'll have to be Rachel. We'll have to let her go. We'll have to let him go. I was like, I, I don't know. I'm going to talk to Rachel about this. I would never even have told Rachel that he cheated on me or anything. I wouldn't even have gone all that story. You know, I was the one in sin period. So I was like, all right. I, Jean walked out of my office. I was perplexed. How is Rachel going to let this go? So I was just like, okay, God, I know you're changing my life. You're cleaning me up. I don't want to live in this anymore. You're going to have to, Rachel's going to have to come to me. And I was like, oh, if Rachel comes to me, I don't even know what I'd say, right? No kidding. I said that out loud in my car, that he would have to work this out. Rachel's swimming in the pool. The girl comes up, to, she swimmed right up to me. She goes, mom, there's something not right about you and Mr. Blaze. Because that's why I called him, just a, I'm from up north. It's Mr. Smith, Mr. whatever. She said, there's something wrong about you and Mr. Blaze. He's lived on the other end of the house for almost a year. What is really going on? So what did God do? He brought her right to me. And this is what I said. You'll love this. I looked at her, and I, I couldn't believe it. Like, my, I was, like, burning up at that time. Because here's my sweet little, you know, 12-year-old asking me this question. And I was like, you know what, Rachel? I said, your mom is living a lie. See, I didn't even go into his lie. I went into my lie. I said, Rachel, your mom is living a lie. I've been living with this man. You know we're not married. And Rachel goes, Mom, you guys are married. And I was like, I can say I'm married, but if God did not bring it forth and we didn't have a wedding and he doesn't want to accept me as his wife, then, you know, we're not married. But I said, but I got a choice, Rachel. I said, I'm going to leave it to you. I said, I can choose to live the lie or I can choose to live the truth. And then we'll let God decide what to do. I said, just know if we want to live the truth, I can't promise you that Mr. Blaze will still live here. She, I mean, on the swimmy, her eyes got so close to me. She said with a voice that did not even sound like Rachel, we will live the truth. She's, it was so bold. It went through my body. I'm not telling you two days later, he left a five-page letter for Rachel it was a beautiful letter saying that he was so blessed to get to be her basketball coach, take her to dances, do all this stuff. And then he left me a one-page letter, completely gone. Come on. I, we can, God still wanted to, to change my life, but I had to choose now to live it under the law of God, but in the spirit of life and peace. See, if I chose to keep that going, I could have kept that going. But there's some things we're not supposed to be involved in. Does that make sense? And we live some lies that the world masks over. It says in the end times, the deceiver will come and make you think something is right 
and you can make it look right, you can make it feel right, and it can have some right consequences, but it's still a what? A lie, right? And I had to catch up on that, like meaning the Lord had to deal with me on many things, but he redeemed me, praise God, because Christ in me, there's no what? Condemnation. And I really don't have condemnation about that. I did it first. I did it first. I had condemnation. I even talked to my daughter about it. But this is where walking with God according to the spirit of life and peace. I had already changed my life, but that doesn't mean it was going to what? Feel good. It wasn't going to feel good for some of the changes, but then it would what? Feel good. Man, when the power of God came down because I chose the law of life and peace, boom, everything changed after that day. I mean, that's when I heard the Lord's voice, said, I'm going to make you debt free in a year. I heard every, and everything, people know, it, it was so, I, there was such a focus on everything. He did many things, and he asked me to do many things. So I like this lesson because it reminds us that the word is living, and it is powerful, and it confirms, and it instructs, and it welcomes the Holy Spirit and its gifts to work us into his revelation. See, every time I gained a revelation, now that I've gained a revelation of that, you, it's so easy to get tested in your job, who you talk to. Come on. Love is not boastful. How many times could you be talking to somebody and you kind of want to boast about something, but your Holy Spirit says, yeah, don't talk about that. Keep that, keep that one down. See, walking according to the life of the Spirit is really, you give it to him right in those moments. You're giving it to him right in those moments. Because the enemy wants like trapping you. You know what I mean? Almost convincing you. Well, like maybe I can lie this one time. If the priests say I can lie, you know what I mean? But no, that was good because we're all what? Tempted. That was a great, great testimony. All right. Let's just look at really quick. I just want to end up with these, free, the, with these verses. Give me Galatians 5.16. I want to remind everybody. And we didn't finish everything. But was this good? This was a little because it's now 7.16. But... I want to get that in order, because if you can understand the order of the three laws, you got this. It's a cakewalk. If you find the right answer, just what? Meditate on it. Believe it. There is no more sin and death in your life if Christ Jesus is in you. We hold on to the condemnation. We've got it, and it's a relationship. It's got to be done through his word, through the spirit, through relationship. It says, I say then, walk in the what? Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you just agree with the Spirit, you didn't fulfill the lust of the flesh today. He could have done the lie, but he didn't do it. And you know what? This is what I love about no in Christ Jesus. You know, for those of us who are walking according to the Spirit and walking with God, is that he will give us that check. And even if we've made a little bit of a handshake, Let's say I, I, I did start taking on that sin and death. You know, the moment I realize it, boom. He says, I give you the out. I give you the out. Even when you know you're about to really jump into it, he actually gives you an out. He really works to give you an out. So, next verse, 17. For the flesh lusts against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. See, we've hit a time in our life that when Christ possesses us, the moment you've accept Christ here, your life isn't your own, but you think it is. <laughs> and you have to realize that he even really loves you here. 
But then when you realize he loves you, then he says, now I'm really, this is where people walk in the door here. They are getting processed. They have to get processed because they still want to live by the ways of the world, but they want to please God. There isn't anybody on this road that doesn't want to. They rebel more out of because they just don't know how to walk according to the spirit. And walking according to the spirit is giving everything to him. I, I've said this before. I would even ask what shirt to wear. That's how desperate I got that I knew I was doing everything wrong. I might as well ask him, what do I wear for the day? What do I sing? Where do I go? I mean, he, and I went on such a journey that he depleted so much of what I could not understand that you almost think that you want to go crazy, but you don't. Because the moment you step this out, he starts, he's there the whole time covering what you think you can't even cover. I mean, uh, I, hey, when he was trying to get me debt free, I just remember having $34 in my bank account. And I was a woman who made $300,000 a year the year before because he made me give away everything as he instructed me, but to trust him. And I needed to get a gas tank after leaving here. And they wanted me to go out to eat. And I couldn't, I, I was like, my, my mind said, I can't go out to eat because I only have $34 in my bank account. It can't even fill my Mercedes outside. And all I remember is I heard everybody come. I came. They followed me to the gas station, and they, the person who followed me did not pay for my gas, but the man in front of me paid for my gas. See, God still wanted me to still step out, and it wasn't the person from the ministry who followed me. It was another man. I was, I, was just, I was just going with it, right? I grabbed, I was about to undo my thing, and the guy goes, hey, I'll pay for your gas tonight. That was amazing, and it was dark. And then, of course, somebody picked up the tab at the but I didn't have to complain. I didn't have to tell anybody where I lacked. All I had to do was just trust him. And let me tell you, that was really nerve-wracking. I grew up, and I didn't grow up in a poor family. I always made money. So to actually get me to not even trust money was really intense time. You know what I mean? Now I trust him like you. I mean, you can't. The testimonies are so powerful. But see, that's where we still have to learn to do what? trust him. When we're walking according to the spirit, you got to really give him everything, but you got to hear instruction. See, if you're walking according to the spirit, we've got to move out the condemnation. Condemnation blocks you from hearing the instruction. Condemnation think you're doing it wrong. They're going to say this. It's going to look like this. And then we become so isolated, but yet we look like we got it together. You get what I'm saying? Come on. How many of us been there? Because why? The condemnation. Oh, what if they heard that about you? Or what if this about you? You know what? You really lose all that because you have become freed from the spirit of sin and death. Please put that up for the last verse. Put that back up there. Eight, one, and two. I want to get that ingrained in us because that means we should be walking not with a prideful way that Christ is in us. We should be thankful that Christ Jesus is in us. And we're in a now time where it says, Therefore, now, now, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not what? Walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me what? Free. That means you are free today with whatever sin. You are free today. But guess what? He's still going to walk you through a process. The first thing you have to do is say, no, I'm not going to lie. No, I'm not going to cheat. 
No, I'm not going to steal. No, I'm not going to do this. No, I'm not going to live in greed. No, I'm not going to live in rebellion. No, I'm not going to live without prayer. No, I'm not going to worship. I'm going to worship you. You know what I mean? You get what I'm saying? Everything that you're saying no to, no, I'm not doing that. You better start looking twice. You better make sure you check that with the Holy Spirit. When you start saying, I don't want to do that, you better start checking. Because I comes before the real truth. That is your test that the counterfeit's in place when you say I. So I want everybody, when they say I, I want you to stop. Give it to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will take you to places that might not be where you want to go. But he has something for you to do in that moment. And once you do it and you step towards it, you have released another door for you. But we can't let condemnation. If I lived in condemnation because I lived with a man unmarried for six years, man, I'd be a mess right now. But I'm not. He freed me from the law of sin and death. And then I decided I'm not going to feel condemned about it. In fact, I'll tell the testimony more. I couldn't even tell it in the beginning. But the more I told it, the more I got what? Set free. Because we all live. We're born into that law. We, we, get, we get revealed by the law of God. He reveals the sin. Now we have to hand it over to Jesus Christ so it can be completely dismantled. All right, was this good? It was a sweet little lesson, but it's one of the things when the Lord said, the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering, self-control. It says there's no law against that. What kind of law? Right. Come on. Haven't you kind of read that? And think, well, what do they mean, no law? So there's no, no God's law? That means I can break certain things? No, you can't. It just breaks. It just, those things, sin and death cannot touch you if you love. Sin and death cannot touch you if you have the fullness of Christ's joy. Sin and death cannot touch someone who's long-suffering with another. We will long, in Christ Jesus, we're to long-suffer with one another. That means... I can know all your stuff, and I'm not going to judge you because I've been connected to that same sin and death. Do you know what I mean? We're to encourage everybody to get through those things. So we'll just pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you for the Holy Spirit that you have departed in each and every one of us to dwell so that you could make a home in our soul for Jesus and be sanctified. Lord, I thank you for the presence of the Father that you want each of us to carry as we walk through the streets of Savannah and through our lives. Lord, I thank you that therefore there is no condemnation now, today, from this day forward, as you make the sin and the death aware to us that we're connected to, that when we agree to hand it over, that the spirit of life and peace takes control. I thank you, Lord, for the dominion of that spirit of life and peace. I thank you that Jesus Christ was sent to fulfill the love and the life and the way that you wanted us to live. Lord, I thank you for your periods of silence when you're allowing our sin to manifest so that we can truly know who you are and we can live by the grace and the peace and the mercy in which you've asked us all to give to one another. Lord, I thank you, I honor you, and we glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen.